0: You're listening to the weekly Pasha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramad Peshemish Israel 57 16 2009 I'd like to speak about Shavuos, the holiday that's coming up, begins this Thursday night. If you're outside of Israel, it goes until Saturday night. If you're in Israel, it goes just until Friday night, and then we have Shabbos. In either event, so there's a concept that we have that Shavuos is the 50th day we count from Pesach until Shavuos, we start counting from the second day, and then we count 49 days, seven weeks, and the 50th day, which we don't count, is Shavuos. It's the day that we receive the Torah, and of course there's an intimate connection, as we've mentioned before between Pesach and Shavuos. Pesach was the actual redemption itself from Egypt the Exodus. And then 49 days later, 50 days later, it was the day that we accepted the Torah, which was the culmination of the Exodus from Egypt. Much of what you're about to hear in this podcast comes out of Shiurim from Rabbi Shimon Kessin, Rabbi Mendel Kessin, both of whom are experts in the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chanut Sato, and much of what we're going to say is from the Ramchal indeed. So now, let's ask a few questions, because we find some interesting things about this period from Pesach until Shavuos that we need to understand. When we understand them, we'll have a tremendous depth in what's going on in Shavuos, and what's going on in Pesach. One of the first questions I'd like to ask is that we find from Pesach until Shavuos, this period is known as the Omer, it's known as the Svira. Tzvira means we're counting. So we're counting during this period of time, and there's a special period of Avelos, of mourning. And the mourning has to do with the fact that there were 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva, and they all died during this time period between Pesach and Shavuos. And because of that, since they died... And this happened almost 2,000 years ago, but nevertheless, to this day, we mourn their loss. Now, the obvious question is, first of all, why are we still mourning the loss of these 24,000 students to this day? I mean... They died back then. I mean, it's a very sad thing. So many people died. But what does it have to do with me and you? That's the first question. The second question is that we find that the, the Gemara tells us, the Tama tells us, that the reason that these 24,000 students died was because they didn't have the proper honor for each other. So that's very difficult to understand because, first of all, where do we ever find that because someone doesn't have the proper honor for someone else, therefore he's going to have to be killed, he's going to die? That's first thing that needs explanation. Another thing that needs explanation is these were all the students of the great Tan Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, he was the Balmissari, he was the one who gave over the tradition to the later generations. And one of the things that we find that he said, his quote in Pirkei Avos, in The Ethics of Our Fathers, his quote was, he used to say, This is what he used to say, This is a tremendously important rule of the Torah, you should love your neighbor like your friend. Now, the obvious question is, if this is what he was walking around preaching, this was the most fundamental thing that he was giving over to his students so how could it be that they didn't show the proper honor for each other, here's their Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva, the Rebbe of 24,000 students, and he's always saying you should, you should love your neighbor as yourself you should love your neighbor as yourself you should love your neighbor as over and over again how could it be that they didn't show each other the proper honor, what's the understanding of it Furthermore, another thing that needs explanation is why is it that the students of Rabbi Kiva specifically died during this time period between Pesach and Shavuos? What's the significance of that? So to begin to understand what's going on here, We need to start all the way back at the beginning of time when God originally created man. So the first thing that he did was he created the soul of Adam HaRishon of the first man. And when he created that first soul, that original soul, so it was actually connected directly into God. Whatever this means, we can't understand this precisely. We can't understand it even vaguely, but we'll try to take this at face value. So God originally created that original soul of Adam HaRishon, the first man, and that soul contained within it the soul of every single human being that would ever exist. Now, first thing that happened, however, was that God separated between Himself, so to speak, and this soul. And the reason was because God wanted Adam HaRishan, the first man, to be able to gain the connection between Himself and God on His own it was God's desire that Adam Harishon, the first man earn his connection to God thus create his own existence in a certain sense and thus be more similar to God because in spiritual terms the more similar one person or one entity is to another so the more close he can be the more he can enjoy the light of God because if he's created himself if he's brought his own existence into being so then if he's created that connection so then it's a much greater connection to God so first God separated between himself and Adam HaRishon and then another subsequent stage was that God took the original soul and split it up into many parts and then after splitting up that soul into many parts so he took the souls, each of those individual souls and he separated them into male and female so now the significance of this is and the importance of this is that when two people get married there's something very special very important that's going on and that is there's a rejoining of two different parts of the same soul and God directs them to reconnect to join together and that's the concept of marriage and that's why in the Torah so the concept of marriage is called kiddushin which means holiness because there's a tremendous amount of holiness that comes when a man and a woman when they marry because they're reconnecting the two parts of the soul that were separated and what's interesting is you going to see at every single stage, when there's this reconnection that occurs, so the Shekhinah comes in, the Divine Presence comes in. As our sages tell us, Ish vi isha if you have a man and a woman, zahu if they merit, Shekhinah shruya binam, the Divine Presence is among them. And the reason is, because when you have this connection coming between parts of the soul, and they're reconnecting, so God's Divine Presence comes in as well. So now, that's the first stage. Now how do we accomplish the second stage? How do we get to a reconnection of all of the souls? And the answer is, there were two points in history until now that indeed all of these parts of the soul were connected. And there's one point in the future where it's also going to be reconnected. The three points are as follows. The first point was Adam HaRishon, when the first man, before he actually sinned, so all of the souls were contained within him. After he sinned, so his soul became splintered. The second time when that happened was when the Jewish people who represent the soul of Adam HaRishon, who took over the Tavket, that original purpose of Adam HaRishon, when they all stood at Har Sinai, on Shavuos, receiving the Torah, at Mount Sinai. So our sages tell us that they reached a level at that point of Adam HaRishon, Kodom of the first man before the sin and Rashi actually tells us this the verse says the Jewish people they encamped there right next to the mountain and the word is singular it says it he encamped it doesn't say they encamped and Rashi tells us that why does it say it in the singular form the answer is because they were they were like one person with one heart and thus, what's the understanding of it? What's the concept? They stood there in absolute, complete unity. And they watched as the shekhinah the Divine Presence, came down upon the mountain and they experienced the most ultimate revelation. And the revelation that they had actually was the Ur, the light of Mashiach. In fact, the Messiah was supposed to be Moshe Rabbein, was supposed to be Moses himself. However, what happened, since the Jewish people sinned with the ma'asah Ego, with the sin of the golden calf, so they lost that connection. They lost that light, the light of the Messiah. But in any event, how are they able to merit that light? How are they able to merit that unbelievable revelation of God? The answer is because they had a tremendous amount of Ahavas Yisrael. They were completely connected to each other through the love of each other. They all felt like one man with one heart. And now what's interesting is this is actually something that's hinted to in the very counting from Pesach until Shavuos why? because if we look on the surface there's something that needs explanation and that is you're counting 49 days and the 50th day which is Shavuos we don't count what's the understanding why don't we count the 50th day and the answer is because you've had all of these different parts you've had every single day building one day upon another day 1 day 2 day 3 day 4 each one has its own special characteristic that we enumerate and each of these days so they build up and then you have a week and then you have seven weeks and all together they compose 49 days but the sum is always greater than its parts and therefore what happens the 50th day actually contains all of the 49 different parts and it's been brought to the highest level the 50th level Thus, day number 50 represents a culmination, a completion of all those different parts coming together as one. And then what happens on the 50th day? The Shekhinah, the Divine Presence comes in. Because when you have that connection between all of the Jewish people, between all of the soul of Adam HaRishon, so then what happens is automatically comes in the Shekhinah, the connection between God and Adam HaRishon, the the soul of the first man. Automatically there's a reconnection that occurs. And that's the light, the ore of Mashiach, of the Messiah. Thus we could say that there's a light that begins to shine on Pesach on Passover. That light begins to come down from the 50th level, which is the first day of Pesach, which we don't count. And there's a 50th level on either end, we could say perhaps. That light is revealed on Pesach, it starts to come down level by level by level, as there's more and more attachment. Every day, what do we do? We count the first day, then we say the second day. When we get to the seventh day, we say this is one week, and then we move on, and every day we're always counting and we're always combining all the days that were until now we're taking the kedusha, the holiness of pesach the holiness of redemption of that revelation that occurred then and we're bringing it down to us until finally on shavuos the light of the redemption the light of mashiach is revealed Now let's come back to Rabbi Akiva, to Akiva ben Yosef. Rabbi Akiva was a very unique individual, very special individual. The Talmud tells us, the Gemara says, that there were four different people who were nechnos el pardes. They went into the garden. They were able to ascend through his bododos, through meditation, to the highest spiritual levels possible. Four of them went in, only one of them came out. Rabbi Akiva was the only one who was able to go in and out in peace. What does it mean? What's going on here? What was he doing? So for this we need a drop of background, and that is that our sages tell us that the world is around for 6,000 years. We're in the year 5769. So we've got another 200 and something years left. So now, the first two thousand years are referred to as Tohu of desolation. The first two thousand years, approximately, until Avram Avinu, Abraham came along, so there was nothing happening. Nobody was involved in coming close to God. It was very sparse, but. Along comes Abraham, in the year 1948 he's born, 1,948 years from creation, and he comes along and he sparks a revolution. The revolution is called, let's come close to God. So from the year of 2000, which is, he was 52 years old, from that year until the year 4000, so that was referred to as the years of Torah, because there was a connection that was being made to God through the commandments, and that would continue. In any event, what happens in the year 4000, so our sages tell us that the year 4000 is the year of Mashiach. So, you know, we are holding right now 1,769 years after Mashiach came. What's going on here? So if we look back about 2,000 years and we see who was alive then, there was someone very significant and his name was Akiva ben Yosef, Rabbi Akiva. And this sage, what did he do? He was the one who actually brought down the light of Mashiach. He entered into the Pardes. He entered into that unbelievable exalted level and he was able to bring down the light of Mashiach. Now, what happened to that light from then until now? That requires a whole other shear. That requires a whole other explanation. But let's focus on this point. And I believe this is the only point that really I'm saying over here that's mine. Everything until here has been the Rabbi Kessens, But I believe that what was the day that Rabbi Akiva went into the Pardes? He was able to bring down the oar, the light of the Mashiach, of the Messiah. And I believe the answer is he went in on Pesach. Because Pesach, Passover, is the day of the beginning of the revelation of that light, just like during the Exodus, that light began to be shown on Pesach, on Passover, and it came down step by step until the 50th day, which was Shavuot, so too, Rabbi Akiva, Akiva ben Yosef, who at that time, he represented the concept of Mashiach ben Yosef, so he was the one who brought down that light, he went in on Pesach, he brought it down day by day. Now what happened as the light came down? So in order for the light to come down, what do we need? In order for that revelation of the of the Divine Presence, we need to have an there has to be a tremendous love between all of the members of the Jewish people because remember in order for God's light to be revealed to the Jewish people that can only happen if all the Jewish people stand as one and reunite all the parts all the splinters of Adam HaRish and the first man's soul that's why. Rabbi Akib, what was he teaching? He taught his students, via We want to bring down the light of Mashiach. In order to bring down this light, there's only one way that we can do it. And that is through rejoining the parts of Adam HaRishon's soul. Only thereby can the shechina, the light of Mashiach come back down. That's what he taught his students. That's what he ingrained in them over and over and over and over again but What happened? They were, of course, on an exalted level of Aves Yisrael. They loved each other to, to a tremendous degree. However, it just wasn't good enough. They hadn't reached the level that was required, that was necessary, that ultimate level of connection in order to be able to bring the Shekhinah, the divine presence, upon them. And thus, when did they die? As the light was coming down, if the light was breaking the vessels. The light was coming in, and the light was coming in, and the light was coming down. Each level, the light came down. More students of Rabbi Kiva died. More more students of Rabbi Kiba died, until the time between Pesach and Shavuos became this period of time when all of them died, 24,000 students, and the reason was, they didn't have that exalted level of Ahav Israel, of love to a fellow Jew that was necessary in order for the Shechina, the Divine Presence, to rest upon the Jewish people for the light of Mashiach, of the Messiah, to be shown to the world. Now, what we see from all this is that the day of Shavuos, it's a day of Kabbalah Sator, of receiving the Torah, but it was also a day that commemorates. And Emir Sashem, God willing, soon in the near future, it will again be a day that we will see the light of Mashiach, the light of God, the light of the Shechina, the Divine Presence will again come down. That's what happened then, on the original Shavuos in the year 2448. And God willing, that's what's going to happen again soon. Now, the question, one of the questions that we asked earlier was why are we still mourning for these students, the death of Rabbi Akiva's students, those 24,000 students, what does it have to do with us? And the answer is because their death represented a tremendous loss for us because there was a potential, there was an opportunity that was lost there. And that was for the light of Mashiach to be revealed to the world. The Messiah would have come then. But nevertheless, that opportunity was lost. That's why we mourn. It's such a tremendous mourning for the entire Jewish people because we mourn that loss. And we realize that it was because there was something missing, a tad, a small thing, we can't understand it, we can't relate to it. There was something missing in their Aves Yisrael, in their complete and pure love for each other that did not allow that light to come down. But it's a lesson for us because we need to know that if we want to see a hisgalos a revelation of the light of Mashiach, of the Messiah, we're going to see it on what day? We're going to see it on Shavuos. But the only way that we can see it, the only way it will be a revelation as opposed to a destruction is only possible if we develop in our Aves. Of, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hashem does not expect from us to be on the level of Rabbi Kiva students, but He does expect us to try to be the best that we can be at this. We need to try our best to love every Jew. It doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter if he's Reform. It doesn't matter if he's conservative. It doesn't matter if he's orthodox. It doesn't matter if he's ultra-orthodox. It doesn't matter if he's an atheist. It doesn't matter who we are. We need to know that every Jew, even if he hates me, it doesn't matter. I have to love every single Jew. And when we have unconditional and love love for every single other Jew. You know what happens? What happens is every single Jew is our brother. When we are all brothers, when we all show brotherhood to each other, what happens? So God has two ways that He can show Himself to us, two ways that He can act with us, either as a king or as a father. Now it completely depends on us Because if he acts as a king So then we're just slaves And how does a king Treat his slave You know If your slave you know, Doesn't do exactly what you say You slap him around But if it's your son It doesn't matter How he behaves You love that child No matter what Even if he completely Rebels against you Even if he starts to say My father doesn't even exist It doesn't matter Because once we're A child of God When God loves us As a Ben As a son So then Everything's going to be forgiven Everything Hashem will find it Within his heart somehow to find the good in us. He'll find it. He'll give us that unconditional love but it's dependent upon us because if we view each other as brothers, so then God treats us all as sons. But if we hate each other and we look at each other with malice, with negativity, so then God says okay, you guys aren't behaving like brothers. I'm not going to treat you like sons. I'm just going to treat you like slaves. I'm going to be the melech. I'm going to be the king. I'm going to pull out the whip and we're going to get this whip cracking and we're going to see what's going to happen. But if we love each other and we show each other tremendous love unconditional love it doesn't matter who it is so then we have the ability to rejoin all the parts of that soul of adam harishon of the first man and when we do so so then god willing may we all merit this light of mashiach the light of the messiah which will come as the HaKadosh, the holy divine presence comes down as we reunite that soul that soul of israel of israel all together may be speedily in our days thanks so much for listening